Hey everybody, welcome to My Town Hustle. Today's episode is going to be about statutory cities versus charter cities. Stay tuned. Welcome to My Town Hustle, where we take an in-depth look at the people, policies, and processes that make small towns work. Focusing on trends in urbanism and creative economies, My Town Hustle explores the ideas that make our community special. So sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody. My name is Jared Perry, and today we are going to be chatting about statutory cities versus charter cities. I'm here with the Yoda of all things government, Brett Alfin. Hey, everybody. Did you like that nickname? Um, I'm growing into it. It's uh, was a little surprising, but I'm good with it. Yeah, we didn't ask you last week, but no, it seemed, yeah. it seemed there to... was no approval needed. Though, so, <laughs> thank you. Uh, and we also got Sam Tootin of Six Mo City Services. How you doing, bud? What's going on? All right. So uh, diving right in here, Sam, if you could kind of walk me through the 10,000-foot view of the main difference between uh, a statutory city and a charter city. And I, I know you want to talk about home rule and things like that. So kind of go over that for us. Yeah. So basically, uh, in a nutshell, the U.S. Constitution does not really give any authority or power to local government. So it gives it to the state to dictate how local governments are in. Um, you're either a Dillon rule or you're a home rule state. The state of Ohio is a home rule. So by nature, as a statutory city, you are confined to the Ohio Constitution. State has those powers, the statute, those laws, they apply to local governments. But what Home Rule does, which was, I believe, established in 1912, is give you the power to kind of break off from that, create a charter, write your own, let's say, quote-unquote, constitution for your local government. Mm -hmm. Yep. But it gives you a lot more flexibility. Okay. Is um, is is charter law, I don't know if I'm using that term correctly, but if, if a, there's a charter city and they, they create a law... Is it one of those things that you read in a contract that says if there are any discrepancies between, you know, these two, the, the charter city law and the state law, you know, the more stringent of the two shall apply or the more lenient of the two shall apply? So the best example of that is if your charter or your state or your city law, excuse me, gives you a hefty penalty for uh, a, a misdemeanor, whether okay. that's time in jail, extended fees. But if the state has identified it maybe as a lesser penalty, you could actually plead to that lesser penalty of the state code. So that is where the state would take ownership over that law because, you know, again, you have local, it's a little bit more hefty, and the state is a little bit more lenient maybe on that particular issue. You can always go back to the state there. So that's kind of where it differs at times. So there seems to be no real reason for a local government to try and impress larger penalties on things that are already covered by state statute. In my opinion, yeah. That, sure. The one thing, and I know we'll get into it, that I think is beneficial of charter cities is just the extended power of your local government. And I shouldn't say that in terms of more power, more whatever, but the allowance to have more control of what your community needs based on, based on law. And the crazy thing is, and I think this is kind of goes gets underrated or maybe doesn't get talked about as much, but the, when you create the charter, you're really creating every piece of the local government, every piece of the governance. Yeah. Um, 
And so it's no small task, right? It's, it's a, it's a heavy undertaking. Yeah. And it's, um, there are a lot of places that have done it. I think Ohio has 251 cities, 188 have, have, are, are charter cities. Oh, wow. And so, um, it's a big undertaking and I think we'll probably talk more about that. Now, Marietta, Mm -hmm. statutory city, correct? Statutory city. Yes. Okay. So statutory city is basically you abide by title seven of the Ohio revised code, which lays out a a couple things. In a statutory city, you get, uh, you know, these things in your, in your local government. So you get a council of seven members, three of those at large, four in wards. You have a mayor, you have a law director, an auditor, and a treasurer. Those are all elected positions. Mm -hmm. The mayor can then uh, appoint the director of public safety or public service, which then uh, oversees all the department heads like police chief, fire chief, um, directors of programming, and then utility heads. So, th- so that's what a statutory community gets, yeah. and a charter uh, community can have that or not. There are other um, arrangements of leadership that you can have yeah. that a charter can provide for. Yeah, so go ahead and talk about I'm, I'm sitting here in my head. I'm thinking of city planner um, or something like that. How, how does How does that play into that? It, it usually changes either between a strong or a weak mayor form of government or includes a city manager. Can you, so I'm sure a lot of people have heard that term yeah. thrown around. Can you explain the difference between strong mayor, weak mayor? So let's, let's just give it a quick view. A weak mayor is someone that's just a politician face that shakes hands and goes to things, but maybe doesn't have much authority or legislative authority. Strong mayor usually does um, and dictates how the departments are function, you know, from top, from top down. And Marietta is? Marietta's a strong mayor. Marietta's a strong mayor. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, next thing I've got on my list here that I wanted to make sure I ask you guys about. Talk talk about general law. Ooh. General law. It's my favorite G.I. Joe character. <laughs> <laughs> if there was such a thing. So this is where charters, you know, and statutory cities kind of apply with the home rule things that aren't addressed in your charter for example is always referred to then by the state as general law so you know general law is considered part of the statewide and comprehensive legislation so it applies to all parts of the state and operates uniformly throughout it it actually provides actual regulation standards and really a rule of conduct um, it's basically the 31 general titles that are broken down into the Ohio revised code of the state of Ohio. So okay. those are anything outlined in there is general law. Okay. So charter still, charter cities still have to comply with, with general law. That's, those are kind of what we were mentioning earlier that you're going to comply with basically no sure. matter what. Yeah. You can't do anything that's contradictory to state law. Correct. Or that's, uh, that's beyond state law. It's, it, there's a framework there that, that you still have to work within. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. One quick topical uh, thing, it's July, end of July 2020 in Ohio. Um, there's a recent mask order mandate, whatever you want to call it, that, that came down. Um, my understanding, this is, is, is an executive order, uh, but it was also, it was given through the health director, not necessarily the governor. Yeah. What's the, what's the difference between it or is there between a statutory city complying with those regulations and enforcing them versus a charter city complying and enforcing? Or do we not know? 
I don't think there's. I don't any, think anybody knows. That's I, why I'm asking. Yeah, the I don't think there's any difference. I mean, the I yeah. ma- maybe the way you would enforce it, or the penalties that might local penalties that you might encounter, if any, might mm-hmm. be different. And I guess that's the thing about the charter community is you're going to determine all of that. Yeah. Um, maybe not as specifically about that specific issue, mm-hmm. like. So I just un- noticed there was police powers. That's one yes. thing Sam said. He said police yes. power. So I'm assuming this is the enforcement of yeah. anything that comes down that's not specifically laid out in your so, charter. So yeah. maybe this is when we have Brett's first hot take. Hot yeah. take. First hot take of the one. episode. Hot take. In my opinion, most communities move to the charter form of government because they want to make a change or they want to do one thing differently. Yep. It's not because they want to do a wholesale different you know, foundational idea of government. Usually they want to change one thing. We want to have nonpartisan elections. We want to have a city manager as opposed to a mayor. Mm -hmm. So typically what I've seen is a a community will go to a charter to do that one thing. And then the rest of their charter looks very close to statutory government. Yeah. Okay. So in those instances we were talking earlier, it probably wouldn't be that hard because you're only to go from statutory to charter because you're just, I mean, this is my easy view, but copy paste yes. 99.99% of it. And then that one thing that you particularly care about as a community, you can, that's my hot take. Okay. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I think a lot of community, and I don't, I'm not saying that's bad. It's good when communities have that initiative to, to take that single issue into their, to their own hands and produce the outcome politically. And I don't mean politically policy wise that they, that they desire. So, yeah. so one of those, I've, I've got a, question i have no idea if this applies but oh good <laughs> i i wrote it down when i when we talked about this this issue came up if a community decided you know what, i want there to be more strict enforcement around uh possession or drug trafficking or you know things along that that nature if they wanted are they within their rights to do those things or is that all state law is that something you can take a stand on I don't as a charter city? I don't think you can do more than state law. Yeah. I think that's the that's the kind of the baseline everywhere is you can't do more than state law. And just because you're a statutory city, you still follow the home rule authority. You can still have some powers. You can still have some of the powers that home rule allows you to have, but it's not anything like Brett mentioned about internal organization of the government. If you want to change that, that a charter is done. A statutory city can't do that on its own. It has to follow that form of government um, or another particular type. Okay. So I see a lot of procedural stuff then rather than, which which I think is good. You know, this isn't, I get to pick and choose type of a a scenario. This is procedurally, this is what I want to go after. And if it's not specifically mentioned, if it's, you know, yeah, littering or well, maybe littering is not a great example, but well, something obscure that's not covered. Well, you could make a stand on true, but state still has power over local government. So state legislation, at least in Ohio, just the Senate just passed a bill on local governments banning plastic bags. Right. So cities out there in Ohio want to ban the use of plastic bags. Well, now the Senate has passed to where you aren't allowed to have that authority to ban it as a local government. So, you know, that takes it away from you. So state still always holds that power. So that has to be challenged by someone in that locality, right? Against the state. Yeah. Yeah. I would assume. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's probably a Supreme court case waiting to happen. Yeah. That's, that's very litigious. You know, that's, 
somebody will get a hold of that and 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 either that'll get refined or it'll it'll get changed a whole wholesale yeah. but to answer your your question Jared I think even if you can't change the policy around the punishment or you know what happens I I think you can determine what level of zeal do you pursue the enforcement right gotcha. um there's a lot of policy that's unwritten policy yeah and so maybe in your community if you're a charter community and you're the mayor you're going to direct your p- chief of police to really really go after the enforcement of of uh, drug violations or whatever with you know with energy and vigor yeah now you can only prosecute them to the letter of the law you can only punish them to the letter of the law but you can pursue that right you can enforce it with a greater level of intensity if you want to just on the policy side yeah. but the but the legal yeah. side there there's a floor that you can't yeah go so ahead. i would yeah. make that distinction kind of like if you're you know the more you look the more you find sure yeah if you're if you're in a room that's freshly painted, don't don't ever put a light on it because you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna find a whole bunch of mistakes. Yeah. Are you are you painting? Is this is this, uh, this is very topical? <laughs> yeah, painting's the worst. Um, okay, so so why is something like like a statutory city and a charter city? Why is that something that the average everyday citizen, you know, should care to educate themselves on? I can tell you why I care. And it's for the reason that governments are outlined in statutory cities. Uh, the election power of some of these positions of them being appointed, or not appointed, excuse me, of them being elected. It takes away from qualified professional people, in my opinion, uh, to fill these important roles in your local government. So really, home rule has three powers, right? The power of local self-government, the exercise of police power and ownership and the operation of public utilities. Public utilities in most cities have their own utility. That's we're not that's not a big deal. Police power, we've kind of already referenced that in terms of just maybe exercising a little bit more that is a problem in your own community. But the local self government, the internal organization, um, that includes really what a government can do with their own property, um, how you recall elected officials, what you can do with your own municipal streets. It just takes back the ownership of actual city property. And that, to me, is the number one bestseller of a charter. Well, to, be, to build on what Sam's saying, think about this. In a statutory community right now, can you guys tell me what is the requirement to be an elected official? So if you wanted to be the mayor, what are the requirements? Uh, you need to either be ex-military, um, ex-police, <laughs> or ex-firefighter. Actually, none of those. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, you have to be, and here it is, you have to be a registered voter, and you have to live in the community in which you're running. Those are the qualifications you must have. And, you know, that's in itself challenging. So that speaks yeah. nothing to a skill set. That speaks nothing to relevant experience. That speaks nothing to um, any of those things which would kind of lead you toward success in the office. Now, I'm not saying you can't be successful if you don't have those things. But to Sam's yeah. point, in a charter community, you can write in the requirements for those positions that you desire to see for mm-hmm. your mayor, for your uh, d- d- uh, director of development, for your chief of fire, you know, any of those things, you know, that you can include uh, an educational or professional requirement into that, allowing you to, you know, uh, attract a different type of uh, person into those positions. Or, or filter out, right? The other sure. end of that is filter yeah. out. Sure. Yeah. So I yeah. think Sam's right. That's a huge, that's a, one of the huge benefits I think of doing that is, is you can bring some professionalism uh, to your staff. Now I'm not saying that that does not happen in a statutory community by any means. Yeah. N- 
nobody at me on Twitter. That is not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> at him. Um, <laughs> um, support at mytownhustle.com. <laughs> um, so that's not what we're saying, but we're just saying in a, in a charter, you can actually outline that to whatever degree you think is valuable for your community and what you want to see. Yeah. And that's a, that is, and Sam's right, that is a huge. Yeah, and it's a real big, I, I notice it here, right? Mm-hmm. If on the, on the ballot, you're going to see names that you recognize. Yeah. That has to happen to every small community out there and oh, people yeah. give votes just for name recognition or oh, I, I bet they're related to so-and-so yeah they, they, they're a good egg yeah. well you know? i think a lot yeah. of people here and in small communities across america they folks run for office typically because they're running about one thing i'm mad as hell about yeah. this thing and i'm going to get in there and do something unfortunately they often do something about that one thing but they end up being kind of unprepared for everything else that goes with Absolutely. managing a staff, the city staff, managing the city budget, managing public relations of the city. Now, I don't know who's, quite honestly, I don't know who's prepared to do that. Yeah. I mean, those are all hard things, but when you don't have any requirements of prior experience or education to come into that, that you know makes that a lot harder for somebody. Not that, it, again, yeah. not that it's impossible, but it's just really hard. Yeah. Um, so... It's challenging. I've but. had to deal with so many council changes where, you know, they come in bright eyed, excited, and then you sit them down, you talk about procedure. It's like the things they realize is like, oh, this does take a little bit of time or I can understand why you're strapped to do this. Now I kind of understand a little bit more maybe. So mm-hmm. you always have that changeover and you're as a administration, you're kind of teaching these new elected officials a little bit about what you do. And because they don't know quite what you do. And yeah. to Brett's point, no one really does till you get in there. Uh, but we're just asking that people look at charter cities as a way to kind of put more um, call back your city, you know, demand the highest in quality of people you can get uh, versus not. Well, having that. And also, Jared, to the kind of to the inverse of what you're saying, charter communities, it, it's not always successful. There are charter communities that I think desire to go back to be statutory communities. And mm-hmm. I think part of it is specifically around the city manager idea. Mm-hmm. I think in our communities, we really love the idea, and as we should, that we're voting for our leaders. And so when you've got a city manager who's really there to execute and carry out the wishes of council, and the community can't vote for that person, sometimes that runs awry yeah. of, of citizenry. And so... And I think that's that's just part of our kind of American spirit is, you know, we want to vote for the people that are mm-hmm. doing the stuff that we want them to do. And the thought that there's somebody out there, you know, Sam's the city manager and he's hired by council and I can't vote for him. That doesn't sit very well. And so sometimes it, it, we're, I think we're, we're shading it like like a charter government is the better choice, but it doesn't always True. work out. It yeah. doesn't always. Yeah. So, so talk a little bit more about that, because I definitely feel that's the way the conversation has went. What are some some cons of. A, a charter government definitely changeover. I mean, not only to Brett's point, you can then vote for council who's going to kick out the council that's currently being sat and then demand that, you know, there's a new city manager, there's a new mayor. I mean, you could t- technically every four, whatever, how many years have a new, new change in there. So that would be a drawback too. Cause you want some consistency with some city managers too, that understand exactly what you're doing because a lot of these capital projects, a lot of these decisions are going to be longer than four years. And the other thing about a, a charter community is the process to do it yes. is, is hard. So are you going to... I know. I, I just completely forgot about the process. I'll let you go. So, so the process to do it is challenging. In order to establish a charter in a community, 
there has to be first a public vote too that says, should there be a charter commission? Mm-hmm. And then um, members of the public who are not working for the city and are not public officials, not elected officials, can then be eligible to be elected onto this charter commission. Yeah. The charter commission then goes through the process of public meetings and they actually write the draft charter. Once that's done, there's public hearings, there's public meetings, and then that charter goes to the community for public vote. In one year. In one year. And and so there's a lot of points here for, and this is positive, there's a lot of points here for the public to have input. Um, And major shout out as I was doing some reading leading up to this, the Knox Pages, there's a website out there called Knox Pages, and there's a great multi-article story about Mount Vernon, Ohio. And they just kind of spill out all the details of the journey they went through. And, and ironically, they went all the way through and then ended up not passing the charter. <laughs> mm. um, and so, and so, but the point is, uh, it's, dif- it's difficult. And it, every, I think in that scenario, everybody's trying to get their needs served in there and reflected in the charter. Yeah. And that's ch- re- really challenging. So the benefit to the statutory is you don't have to wonder. Yeah. What we're going to do is outlined in Title Seven of the Ohio Revised Code. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah. No questions asked. Mm-hmm. And it's easy. We can just follow it. And part of the argument in this case was, it's been working fine. Yeah. Why do this? And I think a lot of folks, that, that's the common refrain against the charter of, you know, this is a lot of effort and work. Why do that? It's okay. Now, yeah. I would argue that one of the reasons we're doing this podcast is because we suffer from the, it's fine. Yeah. When Absolutely. often it's not fine. Yeah. So, yeah. Or we're not, we're not accepting average or mediocre. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. We desire to have more. Sam, you were going to say something? Uh, yeah. Uh, clicked in my head when, uh, Brett said shout out, uh, to make sure we give a shout out to the Ohio Municipal League, um, nonprofit organization here that represents, uh, the cities in Ohio. Um, I know for sure they'll come to any community to talk about pros and cons of almost any issue, but definitely, yep. uh, chartered statutory cities for sure. Yes. And the yeah. process that goes in there. So awesome. if, if you're a community out there, that's, or you're a councilman out there and you've been dying maybe to do this, bring them in, have them yes. talk to your council, have them talk to your administration to figure out really just more of the details of the headaches that we're, we're referencing here. Yeah. And it's a really inclusive process. And, and so for example, the city of Nelsonville, that's a charter city. I didn't you know, know they that. have, yeah. Nelsonville is a charter city. Uh, they have a city manager, they have a you know city council. And uh, if you Google on the, uh, on what's happened in Nelsonville, it's been challenging. The the they've only had it, I think, since 1994, and they've had a lot of turnover in their city manager position. And there's a lot of reasons why. And there's a good information out there about that too. But if you want a local example of a charter community, uh, Nelsonville is one. And it's on a on a small size too. Yeah, they're not a very big community. They're probably population wise way smaller than Marietta. It's huh? around six thousand. They mm-hmm. usually sit around six thousand folks. The other thing that's interesting in a, in a, in a charter community that one of those, you know, going back to my hot take, one of those things that they'll do is they'll modify, um, local elections. So for example, you could do things like in a charter community, maybe all members of council are at large. There's no wards, right? We're going to have seven folks or whatever the number is. And everyone's elected at large. You can also have nonpartisan elections. So you can just run as Jared Perry and you don't have to have a political affiliation to be on the ballot. We're in a statutory community. You do have to have, and, and no party is a political affiliation, independent is a political affiliation. So you have to have one of those in order to appear on the ballot. In yeah. a statutory, you don't have to. Now, that's one of the other benefits, like Sam was saying about the professionalism. You can also 
at some point or maybe t- a little bit take out the politics, yeah. the capital P politics mm-hmm. of, of straight ticket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of, of elections and stuff. And maybe you get a little more, um, issue based consideration in a charter community. You don't have to do that, but that's one of the, like mm-hmm. I said, is communities on the hot take side. If you're sometimes they're trying to change one thing, sometimes that's the one thing yeah. that they'll modify. Yeah. And most city managers come in with that mindset of bipartisan anyway, where sure. they're just there to fix the issue. Sure. Not based on any political party or push yeah. or execute the plan. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So do we have any other uh, examples uh, that we can go over? I would also point out the city of Athens as an example of a highly participatory statutory community. So I think there's been efforts in the past to establish a charter in Athens, but that's never really gone anywhere because Athens has really done good in being very open and participatory with citizens, you know, getting a lot of input, Mm -hmm. uh, being very communicative with its citizenry. And that's kind of an example of, uh, statutory done right. That sounds like a hamburger slogan yeah. or something like that. <laughs> statutory done right. Um, mm, meaty. meaty. From a from a procedural right they've, perspective, right? Because they, they've they've taken the statutory form of government and kind of refined it and pushed it to the limit on the positive side of how it can work, how it should work. And so I would say yeah. that's a good example of of uh, a well-run statutory community. Not that there aren't others, but you know, one that's very right. participatory. Yeah, and yeah. so. For those who are not aware, Athens is the home of Ohio University. County seat um, of Athens County. Oh, you? Yeah. Um, is this where I say, oh, yeah? Yeah, that's where <laughs> I say, oh, yeah. So my, just because a municipality is, quote, unquote, the model for running things correctly procedurally yeah. doesn't mean that you're just magically going to have all the statistics point in your favor because Marietta, I, I mean, is far better off statistically than what Athens is. Our median income, our sure, our uh, like it's we're better. I don't. I'm yeah. not trying to say you know whatever, yeah. <laughs> but statistically, they're not 50th percentile. Statistically, they're further down the ladder, even yeah. though their their statutory city is a quote unquote model. Yeah. So I don't want people to get the wrong idea. You know, when you're listening to this, they're like, well, if we switch to charter, or, well, yeah. if we if we were, this was ran correctly, that we'll just magically fix all these issues. That's not, government will never fix your issue. No. Government is there to facilitate in you fixing the issue. That is mm-hmm. basically what it's there for. I, I think the issue of charter, or not the issue of charter, but the one thing we want to, I think we're trying to emphasize, and Brett is emphasizing with that example, is that, and really the theme of this show is, that the citizenship's bringing, coming back. So yeah. you know, their Athens does a really good job of putting those people in perspective when they make decisions. You know, so if you're a city out there that isn't doing that and you're kind of ignoring and pushing aside your citizens, then I think charter comes from the movement of people who say, all right, enough's enough. We're tired of those six, whatever, 10 people who are always elected, who you know, are doing the same thing time and time again, not listening to us, to call and ask for something different. Of course, that that doesn't change with the charter. Sure. That changed by them getting in, in those seats, sure. and then from those seats saying, we're gonna change this form of government. An interesting thing about Athens, and I think maybe this comes from it being a college town, those citizens really demand a lot from the city of Athens government. You yes. know, they, they ask a lot of questions, they want a lot of information, they, they, you know, as they Engaged. should, yeah, yeah the, as yeah. they should. And yeah. so if, you know, it's kind of a shame on us if we're not asking those same things and demanding those same things. And so, 
Um, it, it's it's has really to your point, Jared. It has less to do with like the form of government is better or the execution of the government is better. There is part a large part of that is also the citizenry there is demanding it, mm-hmm. right? That they're they're asking for it, and those folks that work for the city they're delivering it. And so, uh, if they didn't, it would probably get exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, but all right. I think that's going to wrap up this episode. If anybody has any questions about this, uh, don't hesitate to hit us up at support at mytownhustle.com. And, um, you know, if, if you could, if you found this fruitful, uh, we appreciate, you know, a five-star review. And, uh, if there's somebody out there that you think could, you know, it's been kicking them around, uh, kicking this around, um, you know, share it with them. Uh, we're, we're about helping people, um, you know, get engaged and reclaiming their citizenship as, as Brett was talking about. Right so, on, right on. Yes. Right on. All right. Until next time. Thanks. Thank you for listening to My Town Hustle. We would greatly appreciate it if you would share our podcast with someone who you think would benefit greatly from it. But most importantly, subscribe and leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever platform you consume your podcasts. It would mean the world to us. Until next time, folks. Thanks for listening. We stop.